From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, freelance on-camera meteorologist and former Weather Channel meteorologist, Kim Cunningham, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, amateur storm spotter, Bill Johnson. All right, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the Stormfront Freaks podcast, and Stormfront Freaks Raw, if you're viewing us, uh, it's really Stormfront Freaks Raw, if you're Dina, because she's in the dark right now, it looks like. <laughs> uh, apparently, power? No power? Is that right? No power. No it power. It just went out right when we were about to uh, go on. All right. So through, through the wow. power of cellular data networks and cell phone cameras, uh, Dina is joining us right now. Uh, but this is episode 26, and our guest is storm-chasing photographer, author, and Emmy-winning director, good God, Michael Binsky. <laughs> And, not a director. Uh, what's that? <laughs> not a director. Well, you, you do. You do. Movie, I mean, you do film, right? I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I would call that direct directing. <laughs> That's not producing. how I won the Emmy, though. I don't want anyone to think I won an Emmy. Okay, so how'd you win the Emmy, quick? <laughs> oh, I was um, uh, the one of the local well, stations did a monsoon special they do every year, and they used all my footage one year for well, the whole show. So they show. used your footage, right? Yeah, they did. They did. So it's that's pretty good. It's close enough. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's not a poker in game. In my book, <laughs> in my book, Mike, you are an Emmy winning director okay okay. (laughs) Uh, but hey we'll also be uh discussing over edited storm photos and also how people tend to screw up the etiquette of posting and crediting photos on social media and i'm probably one of those people too actually but uh and as always hey stick around for our weather fools and our wx resources we'll announce also the winner of our weatherproshop.com cap and resource card drawing. So we got all kinds of great stuff coming up. And it is May 4th, which is May the 4th May be with the 4th you. Be with you. <laughs> yeah, so it's Star Wars Day. I'm sporting my Star Wars shirt. Mike's got Captain America. You're kind of in the well, same family. It's a little Lego Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh, good enough. <laughs> Good enough. And well, here, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out today. I was maybe going to see it tonight, so that's oh, why I'm today. Now. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. It's, again, all part of the Disney family. I see MJ's got his Star Wars cup. If you are watching us live, feel free. You can tweet your questions or comments. Just put hashtag Stormfront Freaks on your tweet. We'll monitor that. And if you've got questions from Mike or anybody else, uh, we'll share that. But let's go ahead and introduce the team, and we're going to find out uh, what everybody's drinking for happy hour right now. Uh, MJ, we'll start with the Star Wars glass guy up in Minnesota. What do you got? You bet. I think I've had this combo before, but in honor of May the 4th be with you, it is my Star Wars glass, and I am uh, drinking a uh, Captain Morgan and Coke again. Captain Morgan and Coke. Okay. That's it. You got original. Uh, I have got tonight, I've got again, uh, this is from a different Cincinnati brewery. Kim, you might be familiar with Rheingeist. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they have their baseball special beer, which is called Hustle. Charlie Hustle. Uh, yep. Uh, named after the great Pete Rose. It is a red lager. A very delicious, uh, nice. very delicious beer. That's what I'm sipping on. My husband would uh, like that. Really? Okay. Well, we'll yeah. I'll get him some next time you guys uh, are up here. Awesome. 
All right, and then Dina's in the dark down in Atlanta with the rest of her family uh, down there <laughs> that we hear. What are you yeah. drinking? What are you drink? You got to be drinking something. You're in the dark. <laughs> I should be. I had just made a cup of coffee before the uh, power went out, and that's really all I got to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm it's kind of boring. But, you know. Yeah, you're usually a little more exciting than yeah. that. Yeah, why I coffee? Know. Aren't you going to sleep? No, no, probably not. That's nice. Okay, well, Maz, Maz is in Cincinnati. What do you got, brother? Hey, I'm with MJ. A little bit of the captain. Well, actually, I had a little bit of the captain. It's very nice. Gone. <laughs> you we already need a refill. Yeah, start the show. Time to okay. Well, we need a, the captain's good. I I should, I'm captain now to run upstairs and get my captain too. <laughs> Uh, Kim in Atlanta, what are you drinking? Kim, Kim's got lights, so she's not affected too bad. Uh, no, but Dina, that same line that came through here too, but we kept power. Um, we, we had tons of rain today. Um, anyway, I am drinking, um, of course, an IPA, and this is Terrapin, and this is called High Five. So it should have been High Four for today, right, for the fourth be with you, but this is High Five, and it's really good. It's very citrusy. It's got a high IBU. It's 80 and I like the more hops, the better. So um, it's very good. Citrusy, I like that too. So um, I'm really enjoying this. So yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. And I, I hear, you know, we always joke, as MJ mentioned earlier, we always joke that, you know, it's just going to be our moms that tend to watch this show. She's coming around <laughs> here. We always tend to have someone's mom tends to be on the show. And tonight <laughs> we, we are blessed to have Kim's mom. This is uh, my mom. Hello. Hi, Hi. Can you hear him, Mom? Yeah. What, what, okay. uh, thanks for joining us tonight, but it looks like you're joining us with a drink, too. What are you <laughs> drinking? <laughs> That's what I said to Kim. I want to know. I don't care if you're interested or not. I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. What are you <laughs> drinking, Mom? What is it? <laughs> I'm drinking Moscato. And I should have had more before I got on. <laughs> well, just keep, keep drinking. She's, we'll be on for a while. Keep drinking. She's, she's going to sit here at the bar with me and watch. So, But, but I wanted okay. to tell you how much I enjoy the show. It's really cute. Ah, I, I think nice. you're funny. And it's a great mix. So, But the National Weather Service heard I was in town, and they put out a hot air alert, so I better get out of here. <laughs> you know, and, and I, oh, wow. I'll have to add that she mentioned, you know, the show was cute. Well, obviously, she's probably only been watching it since Kim's been on. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. so thank, yeah, thank, thank God we, we, uh, we keep improving, it seems like. Uh, yeah. Oh, every time. Okay. So, and this, uh, so this won't be your formal introduction, Mike, uh, but our guests, we always invite them to join us in the green, uh, green room with a little drink as well. And, and Mike, I think, came prepared. Mike and Phoenix, so what do you got, Mr. Olbinski? I actually have a Jack and Diet Coke because Diet Coke is the best. In a holy grail. <laughs> in a Moscow, it's in a Moscow Mule brass cup, which makes total sense. But it's delicious. And I have no idea what that is, but it's a cool-looking mug. <laughs> you ever have one of like these? The they're, like, they're made out of brass, and they stay freezing cold. You put ice and a drink in here, and it's just freezing cold. I don't know. Oh, I love them. Really? Nice. Does it come with nights from the round table? Sure. Yeah. Does it what? sweat, though? Does it sweat? Um, not really. Not just a cold. little bit. This is usually my drink at the end of the night when I'm ready to go to bed, and I have a one or two of these, so hopefully I'll stay awake for this thing today. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we don't bore you to death. Yeah, you'll yeah, be I the only so. one still awake, I think. Um, yeah, I do want to mention, but before we get uh, before we get to Mike in the, in the interview, I did want to quick bring up that recently Wired Magazine uh, had a, a little article by Laura Maloney, 
and it was called the Storm Chasers to follow on Instagram. And you know, and what who did uh, who was talking? I think it was Kevin Roth called it the Gram. Is that right? <laughs> Called it the Graham. Anyway, we hadn't heard of that before, but it was cool. But anyway, uh, so what they did is uh, this uh, Laura listed six people, six storm chasers that she felt you, you should follow and are really good. Well, number one uh, was Chris Sanner of Tornado Titans, uh, who contributes to our uh, Titan U Minute uh, on our show as well. And we had him on episode 20, if you want to see Chris. Um, number two uh, is the Tornado Trackers. Uh, Jeff, Jeremy, and Gabe, and and so I actually, after this came out, I'm like, you know, we just, we have five, um, actually, we had four of the top five on the list that we've had on the show or are going to have on the show. I'm like, well, we got to start rounding this thing off, so I reached out to those guys, <laughs> and the Tornado Trackers, all three of them are going to be joining us July 13th on our show, Sweet. Uh, July 13th, oh, nice. so, so we've got number two. Nice. Yeah, uh, number three is Quincy Vagel who was a former co-host on our show. Uh, and you, you can catch him on, yeah, you can catch him on episode one and two. Number four is our guest tonight, the awesome Michael Binsky. So we're going to uh, look forward to talking to him, learning a ton. Number five was Reed Timmer, who we had on episode 22 recently. Mm-hmm. So you can catch Reed. And then number six is the Base Hunters. And so now at this point, the Base Hunters, they're the only ones we have yet to be on the show so I put question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, that's a call out to the base hunters. Uh, we'll obviously be reaching out to you soon. But so that we'll, we'll have all six of the top six. But by the way, I don't necessarily know if that was a ranking or they just bullet pointed one through six chasers. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I think that's more than fair. That's more than fair. I agree. That's the well, Santa that's... chalice talking, just to let you know. <laughs> all right so i'm going to turn it over to dina who's in the dark uh but let let her do her best to actually give our guest a formal introduction well luckily i have a little bit of light from the um my laptop that's on a battery Uh, (laughs) oh my gosh dina (laughs) but tonight we welcome michael binti uh he's an emmy award-winning photographer who specializes in storm chasing and weddings and is based out of phoenix arizona When he's not shooting weddings, he's chasing storms from the desert southwest all the way into the central plains. Um, And we lost her. Uh Um, Uh-oh. I I just want to know how many times times you've been married, Mike, uh, with all these weddings. (laughs) 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 So let me finish his introduction. So he, uh, he calls himself a storm chasing wedding photographer, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, apart from loving still photography of lightning tornadoes and almost any kind of weather, Mike creates time-lapse films a few times a year, which are outstanding. And I will get yes, to talk about those in a second. Yeah, uh, his work has been seen across the world in commercials, documentaries, magazines, and even Thor: The Dark World. That's and right. that's uh, what I wanted to ask. Up. You right? did Thor. I, got, I, got, I got haven't gotten to questions yet. Chill out. Chill out, dark woman. Uh, I'm in a dark world. She's now. in the dark. <laughs> last, let me finish. His, Mike's introduction is totally gone <laughs> right now. Uh, too long. It's too long. He tries to maintain his sanity while doing this full time and being a husband and father of three beautiful children. So, uh, Dina, go ahead and ask your question to start it off. Well, since I'm in the dark world, you know, when when I knew you thought, when I found out you did something with Thor in the dark world, like one, did you get to meet him? 
Sue, what exactly did you do? Um, I literally didn't do anything except get an email from Marvel. That was basically all I did. And then, um, and then try to negotiate a little higher licensing fee than they really wanted to give me. But they, but they, um, they saw my footage of the Supercell that was uh, in Booker, Texas about in 2013. And it was a pretty good video. It went viral that year and was number one video on all of Vimeo for 2013, which I couldn't believe. Wow. Um, so it kind of went around everywhere. And so a lot of people license it for different things. And they needed it to put in the background of a shot. I didn't know what they needed it for, actually. But I knew they licensed it. It was really close to the opening day, like two months away. So I'm like, it's pretty much they're going to use it. They wouldn't contact me two months before and not use it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. And then I found out it got released in London first. And people started telling me my name was in the credits from that I knew in London. So nice. then, we went to, then we went to watch it opening night and... And not only was it like not just like a little thing in the film, it was like the top half of like a super dramatic moment when like Thor is crouched over Loki and he had just died or died, whatever. <laughs> and the cloud is in the background like spinning around. I was like, oh my goodness, I got goosebumps. It was it was pretty incredible. It was like one of the best moments uh, from doing this. Actually. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Nice. Yeah. So tell us, so obviously, Mike, you've, you've, uh, you've taken a lot of great photos and a lot of great time-lapse video and, and everything else. And in, in reading a little bit about your background, obviously one of the things that was really big for you was that first Haboob picture you took in 2011. Yep. And I love using that word, but <laughs> what, uh, but my question is that that seemed to thrust you very quickly into the media world yeah. I guess, how did you handle that? So when you took that, that photo, maybe explain where you took it, but then how did you handle that, all that media attention and deal with it? Well, um, actually, so it was a photo, but it was also the time-lapse. That was my third ever time-lapse, and that's why it went crazy, because uh, I got a time-lapse of it rolling over downtown Phoenix, and I was on a parking garage that I had scouted out before, and when I knew a dust storm was coming, I'm like, this is the perfect place, because it'll really show what a dust storm looks like dwarfing like the downtown of the city. And uh, so it turned out, you know, I show up, it turns out to be the most epic dust storm we've ever had in history that anyone's oh, ever God. seen that they can remember. So, um, but yeah, I posted it. I think when I was um, actually editing, I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to get me on the weather channel tonight. Like this, I'm going to get on the weather channel. With this. That's like a furthest that I could think. And, uh, <laughs> and so not only did it do, you know, do that, but I was interviewed like twice on the weather channel the next day, like live interviews. It was on CNN. It was on like the NBC nightly news. And I'm, Brian Williams, I believe, like, mm -hmm. introduced the clip or something of my names, like, in all these stations. So, um, I, I didn't have, like, I don't know if I had, like, tons of interviews. There was a lot of CNN, and there was a Today Show, um, like, online Today Show and, and Weather Channel. But really what it did for me was a lot of people wanted to license it for stuff immediately within the next week or two for, you know, like, a, like an air conditioning company in Arizona want to license it for commercial. You know, if you get a dust storm, get your air conditioning <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> And then I think within a couple weeks or a month, like Al Gore's office called and they licensed it for some climate change presentations and um, National Geographic was asking about it, but they were a little weird about some things, but I can't remember. But it was just like that really kind of set me on my path of like, I love doing time lapse and I love chasing storms and actually something I did, everybody else enjoyed. And I hadn't really had a direction. I just knew I love this. And so I'm like, I'm going to keep time lapsing because I love doing this. And it turned out to be... I know something worthwhile that started making me money. So, okay. So I have a question for you about time lapses. So, 
how long do you set up the camera for? Is it just, is it a typical amount of time? Does it depend on the weather? Do you leave when you set up the camera? What do you do for all those hours? No, it's, um, it can vary from as little as like six minutes. Last, last year, I finally got my first tornado on time lapse and I ran up a hill. I, I was in all these trees and I ran up a hill, set up the camera and started taking pictures every second. And I was only there for six minutes as how fast it moved across my field wow. of vision and that was it. But that same year, I'm also out there and I had one thunderstorm coming at me and I got in front of it. Wanted to make sure I knew that it was going to come right at me, waited a little bit, lined myself up and started taking pictures. And I was there for almost an hour. It took like, it actually was slower than I thought. And so I was there for about 55 minutes, ended up taking way more photos than I wanted, like 1600 photos of this one storm. And I probably could have done it in half of that. Um, so it really varies. It's very dependent okay. on the, on how close you are to the storm, how fast it's moving, if the rain comes or if there's no rain. I mean, there's just so many factors. But generally, I feel like it's more like on average, probably like 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe at the most. Okay. So, is, yeah. that your, is that your Emmy in the background I see? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Were you married when all this was happening? Oh, yeah. You know what's funny is right next to it is a plaque from the New Times where I got a Best of Phoenix Award for the Best Haboob Photographer. There is such a thing. And right next to that is his mug that says best dad. They love me. I do have socks that say best dad. I did get one of those. Oh, that's cool. Incredible Hulk behind you there, too. You got a cool room, man. That's a little messy. I can have that bookcase that looks like it's going to fall over, but it's full of graphic novels and comic book stuff. I love it. So what, okay, so, so obviously the Haboob photo puts you, you know, I, um, put you in the starlight. Where, where did the time-lapse photography kind of start? And which of those, was it Vorticity that really brought you some more attention or was there more before that? Um, there was more before that. I think, you know, the Haboob time-lapse was my third ever. So it was very, it wasn't very good, but it basically set me on the path going, I love this, I know I'm going to do this. And so I kept doing it. And I really wanted to um, go out to the plains and try to time lapse out there. And it took me about three years until 2013. And I picked like three days to go out. And that's when I got that Booker Supercell that was in Thor. And that was another thing. Obviously, like I didn't expect anything to go viral again, but it did. And um, but it was more than that. It would kind of solidified the idea that I really need to do that. Like, this is what I really want to do. I need to go out here and I'm going to get all this footage mm -hmm. and I'm going to do something with it. And then, and then people might want to license it for stuff. It's going to be kind of my, my business. I'm going to invest in this time away, getting the best stuff I can and put it online and see what happens. And so I think it was a couple of years ago that I was out there for about seven straight days or maybe five days and two other days. And that's when I kind of put together my first film, like seven days on the plains. And I had done a monsoon film and they had all done like, okay, but, um, and I think my first monsoon one got in a Sedona film festival. It was the first time I ever got in a film festival and it was just one film festival. And I was kind of excited about that. But I think monsoon two kind of started a streak for me where I got, um, or the chase, the chase was a, another, the first one I did out in the plains or the, the first one I was out there for a long time, like 10 days. And I got a staff pick for that on Vimeo. And then monsoon two came out and got a staff pick. And then, um, and then the next year, Vorticity came out and got a staff pick for that, and Monsoon 3 got one. And then I, I just released a black and white one this year, and that got a staff pick. And, um, and so 
the, I think probably a couple of years ago is what really kicked it off for me, but it's, but every year it's been a bigger and bigger thing where I'm out there for like seven days and 10 days. And last year I was out there for 18 days. Oh my gosh. And this year I've only, I've already been out there for probably like six days chasing, maybe more than that. Mm-hmm. But I know that the end of May, I have a couple tours. I'm going to be out there for at least 17 days more, not counting probably next week and stuff. So, um, so hopefully if the season will cooperate, I'll be getting the best footage I can possibly get. But last year was, vorticity was pretty, was pretty good. So are, are you doing a, a monsoon prequel? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I have one and I pretend it doesn't exist. It like exactly. Oh. Yeah. So Mike, do you have a, a weather background? No, just loving the weather. Um, okay. You know, um, we, in Arizona, we don't get a lot of storms except for the summer and it's always, it's really hot here. So when you get a thunderstorm coming in town, it's like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we, you know, I grew up watching lightning with my dad on the back patio and my brother and I would watch lightning out the window. And, um, and then as I got older, um, I got, you know, started looking at radar more. I think mostly when I was like married and had our, and we bought our first house, I'd watch radar a lot more. And we had wind chimes hanging in the back patio. And every time yeah. the storm would get close, the wind chimes would start going. And I love that sound. And, and I would always wait for the weather to come to me, but that was, I was kind of learning about weather patterns and stuff like that. But since I really got into this is when I've really started learning more about meteorology. And even, even this year, I felt like I've already learned a bunch more than I knew last year. And, um, and it's a tough thing. I'm not very, I'm not into math and I don't want to do calculus <laughs> and all the physics. You and don't stuff like goes, differential oh, equations? No, 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 no. Who does? I took, AP, I took AP calculus in high school and that was enough for me. I'm, I'm done yeah. with that. That's why we drink. So, so there's like, exactly. So there's like a certain limit that I don't want to get past, but, uh, but I'm learning a lot more and it's helped I me. Mean, it's helping me in the last, I mean, yesterday or on Tuesday, like was one of those days where I went out there and didn't look too good, but I thought it looked good. And by the time I got out there, the storm prediction center actually upgraded to a slight risk while I was driving out there. And I'm like, see, I thought it was going to be good. And I kind of <laughs> yeah. figured it out on my own. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. So well, what are you, what are you awesome. using? What are you using to find target areas and to identify that? Um, a bunch of different models. There's the, um, Oh, college of DuPage, um, COD. Yeah. Um, I use that one a lot because it's really kind of quick. Um, and I like how to scroll through it real fast. Um, mm-hmm. I use various things like, um, well, I use the GFS a lot for long-term so I can start like seeing maybe what the trends are and then as it gets closer, switch to the NAM and, and see what they have. And I, I really like the, um, there's the EHI models, the winds, the, um, the shear, the, the, and then the simulated radar helps a lot. And so mm-hmm. kind of putting all those together to really kind of figure out where I think things might be. That's amazing. You know all that, <laughs> and you don't yeah. have any kind of you know meteorology background. That's I feel like I don't know awesome. anything. I'm friends with guys that know so much more that have written their own algorithms for forecasting storms, and I so wow. I feel like an idiot most of the time because <laughs> there's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, I get what's happening, but if it's something new or different, like suddenly we're going to get like northwest flow or something, like yeah. it's hard for me to know why that's a good thing and how to measure that. So mm-hmm. there's still things I'm always learning. Nice. We got. Hey, we have a sorry, Dina. Quick, we have a listener question. I think MJ. We we do. First of all, Mike, you have lots of fans out there. They're chiming in on the on the uh, chat. So yeah, you know, chiming. I like that. Yes, they are. Um, but Nathan, he likes chimes. Nathan Lukens asks, "Do you teach ways of remaining safe while taking photos?" Um, no. no. <laughs> to me, um, if you want to stay safe chasing storms, you should just probably not chase storms. I mean, like honestly, you can. 
I set my camera up a lot. If there's really good lightning, I set it up, make sure it's good. It's not going to blow over. And then I jump back in the car a lot of times and I sit and let it take pictures. That's about the safest thing you can do. Um, and, and a lot of times you do, I hate leaving my cameras. I think um, Kim asked me earlier, like, what do I do with my cameras um, if I leave them there? And if you do leave them, these storms, there's usually high winds. So if you're not really, if you don't have like a, a weight on it or like the tripod legs kind of spread out a little bit, um, they can, I've had my cameras just blow over so many times. I bet. And, and so anyway, so I try to stay with it. I don't like to go inside. So it's really, it's not necessarily a safe thing to do, especially if the lightning is, you know, prolific and all around you. I mean, right. we had a good one last year, storms coming at us, lightning was kind of in front of us, everything looked good. And then all of a sudden all these clear air bolts started popping out of the anvil and striking behind us Oh my god! and not very far, like a quarter mile or less. And that's when we all like, okay, it's time to go. We pack up and we jump in there, but you know, it's safety is if you chase storms, it's just not necessarily safe, but that's true. Sure. You don't, I've, you don't I've got your kids out there to hold the tripod down then. Or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's three there of them, one for each leg, right? <laughs> I, I've got one, one more. Barry, Barry Gray says kind of related to what you were talking about with all the things that you use. Uh, do you have a particular radar product that you use? Um, yeah, I use GR Level 3 mainly when I'm out chasing. I use Radar Scope like at home and on my desktop. GR Level 3 is a PC-only app, and so I run Macs everywhere, so I don't really get to use it most of the time. But my laptop in my truck when I chase has a bootstrap on it so, or a boot camp, and so I can boot into Windows, and that's when I use GR sure. Level 3. I, I like it a lot more because it's really got a better road display on it, and I feel like the – for whatever reason, I trust it more. Radar scope, even they even now just added the grid of like four panels where you can see four things. That's what I really liked about GR Level 3. But it's also a little slower, and the roads don't work that great, and uh, or they don't really have great roadmaps on there. So, yeah. Dina, did you have a question? Yeah, we can't uh -huh. hear you. <laughs> you muted, Dina. <laughs> She is, okay. She's talking and talking and talking. <laughs> we can't hear Dina. I'm not muted. Oh, there you go. Now you're better. <laughs> all right. She's messing with I, us. It goes in and out for me here and you guys too. But with all the, even the weddings you have taken, have you ever had any really bad weather that has ruined one of them? No, uh, I'm, nothing no. that would ruin, nothing that's ruined it. I did have a wedding a few years ago where I had to shoot a wedding the day in Arizona where we actually had what they call a transition event, which is between the monsoon and the end of the monsoon season, basically, where we get a cold front that comes through. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're really potent. And there's still a little warm out. And it creates like, in 2011, we had seven tornadoes in northern Arizona in like a single day, which is rare. We get like five a year that even that people might see. And so seven in one day is a pretty big deal. So so this day was the same thing as cold fronts coming through. They had tornado watches up possibly. Um, and I had to shoot a wedding. And so, but, but I'm driving to the wedding. It's at the desert botanical gardens. And I look over and there's a monster shelf cloud coming right over Phoenix. I mean, it was Ooh. the best shelf cloud I've ever seen here. And they ripped off like parts of the roof of the airport and places and all this stuff. So I got to the gardens and it was like a hurricane and all the power went out and all this stuff. And, but you know what, luckily I will say when it's been a, a wedding where it's raining, they're lucky in not bragging, but they're lucky to have me because I have radar and I'm like, <laughs> I was watching a couple of other cells go by and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay guys, this is it. Once this one goes by, we can go. And it went by, the rain stopped and we got, we had 45 minutes to do photos of everybody, the wedding party, the couple and everything. And we got it all done and it was great and they loved their images. But 
um, I think other people would know necessarily what to do and yeah. would be like, we can't do this. What are we, how are we going to do it? You know? So, um, but nothing too drastic, just that, that was pretty crazy. Did you toss in like a forecasting bill on that one? Then too? <laughs> I totally should do that. Thousand dollars for that. Mike, we, we'd be remiss not to ask you having you on because I'm sure a lot of our listeners want to know. Uh, first off, if, if I'm Joe Blow or Phil Johnson, I guess for that matter, <laughs> and uh, I've, I've got my camera phone. Yep. And I want to, I want, I, I'm, I'm ready to start maybe getting into this storm photography thing. And, and Michael Binsky has, he's now this, this awesome person. He's got stuff on Thor for God's <laughs> sakes. Yeah, and I want to be like Mike. Right. Right. What, what give, give us just a tip or two unique tips that if I've just got a camera phone, what are some things I can be, doing or paying attention to to maybe get some decent photos on that first with just your phone yep that's all i got baby well um so some fun things you can do on your phone there's lightning apps out there that will capture lightning pretty decently where they're doing like 30 frames a second and they'll pick the one that has the bolt off it um, so there's lots of different lightning apps the on the iphone the 120 or 240 frames a second video is very cool if you got a lightning storm in front of you and you just put your phone on something and shoot 240 frames a second, you can really see like the lightning, like crawl across the sky or whatever. Or oh, nice. I did it once and I had a lightning bolt repeatedly strike probably 12 times in the matter of a second. But when you're standing there watching it, it'd be, you know, so fast, but with the slow-mo, you could actually see it like and count like 12 times. Um, so that's something... Never in the same place twice, though, right? Because that well, happen. that was called. Yeah, it doesn't. This is like I think this is called like staccato lightning, where it is like one kind of bolt. I don't. I can't explain that. I probably shouldn't even try. But it's like the same bolt striking a bunch of times in the same place, but a different one later probably wouldn't strike in the same place. But and then I think a lot of the phones have time lapse mode now, where you could probably you can. My friend Andy goes out chasing with me. He doesn't have anything by his phone, so he uses a little suction cup mount to hook his phone to the window and does time lapse with his phone while whenever we're stopped somewhere that's a great so idea those are some like quick ways to like get into it i mean a lot of and a lot of just taking a picture is mostly just kind of knowing the good parts of a storm and how you know what looks good and i i really think getting into chasing you know aside from those tips you have to really 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 like it and, be, and almost it's almost like an addiction for me i mean it is kind of like an addiction so i think to get really good at it and to really love it you have to you have to you have to be kind of psycho about it okay <laughs> all right so so now for for our more advanced photographers who have their dslr cameras or or video hd video cameras yeah give us give us an emmy winning michael binsky uh tip on something you like to do or you've learned about that you think is really unique that someone could try? Wow. That's yeah, a loaded question. Um, something that's unique. I mean, I think, I think, I guess for me, if you, if you want to get into storms and you want to do something unique, you're going to have to just do it over and over and practice and learn like the right side of a storm to be on. Um, anyone can really take a picture of a storm. So it's not that you have a DSLR, I started off just like shooting storms from a distance and didn't really know what I was doing until I really started chasing them close and understood kind of how they look, where you're going to see the structure, how it's going to look with the sun behind it, or is it going to look better with the sun on it? These kind of things. And I think once you learn that, um, it's kind of hard to teach that. It's kind of an instinct a lot. So, but um, 
man, I don't know. I guess technical wise, I would just say if you got a lightning storm near you, just go out and try to shoot lightning sometime because that's about the most fun thing I can imagine. I mean, I think a long time ago, if I someone I, if I said if someone asked me, you can only do one thing, one time kind of photography the rest of your life. Pick one thing, which I would hate. But I was like, I'd probably just pick lightning photography because it's so it's always so unique and different. If you're out there by yourself or even other people are within a couple of miles of you, you can get a totally different shot than they do. And most of the time, other people aren't out there and other people aren't capturing the same bolt. And it's something that no one else can really ever replicate. And uh, so I kind of find it really unique and fun. So that's what I started off doing. So if you're starting off doing this and you want something fun to do, like try to go out after lightning and, and learn how to shoot that because it's, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And if any kids are listening, make sure you ask your parents first. Yes. <laughs> Stay inside your car. Hey, Mike, Mike, last question here before we move on. Uh, Storm Chaser. So you just uh, put out a new book. Yeah. Um, awesome photo book and everything else. Just tell us a little bit of the inspiration behind what made you decide to do that. Well, um, actually, they contacted me. I had somebody in London say, hey, these people, these publishers are looking for kind of new books than they usually, that they don't usually do. And so they said they, lo they love all your photos and we want to talk to you about doing a book. So, so they kind of approached me. I've been doing like self-published ones the last few years on Blurb, which I've never been too excited about. So this was the, this the first time any a real publisher has ever approached me. So, so mostly that book is a collection of blog posts and all my photos for the last five years where I like, especially early on, I used to write a lot of stories about my images and, uh, but then I started writing more of the stories on Facebook and stuff. So I kind of collected all the stories and all the images. And so that's, I think that book basically starts off in about 2011 and goes up to last uh, summer with the tornadoes I got. And so it's about five years worth of stuff. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Cool. Outstanding book. Well, we're actually going to be giving one of those away. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, how can listeners follow you on social media, Mike? And wh where can they find your works? Oh, my goodness. Um... I'm pretty much on, you can look at my name on Google and that's how I pretty much have everything. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Michael Bisky Photography on Facebook. I'm on Periscope. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Flickr. Believe it or not, Flickr is still huge for me. I get tons of views on my photos on Flickr and I'm on 500 pics. Oh, I bet. Um, I don't know. I'm probably forgetting something. <laughs> my website is michaelbinsky.com. I guess that one. How about some of your films? Where can they find those? Any oh, and that's on Vimeo, on vimeo.com. I usually, I really love Vimeo for that kind of stuff because they really, um, it's really more of like an indie filmmaker's kind of playground and the footage and the movies that are on there are so amazing compared to YouTube, which is kind of like everybody's cat videos and yeah all that kind of stuff. Vimeo is really more like a filmmaker site. So that's kind of what I, where I started posting stuff. And um, uh, they've been really nice to me there. So I love Vimeo. Way to, way to bash the cat videos. Yeah, I don't know. Brady, Brady graduated. He doesn't give a crap anymore. <laughs> we'll never see him again. That's right. All right. Well, hey, so it's time for our lightning round. This is our speed round of fun questions for our guest. And so in honor of May the 4th be with you, uh, Star Wars Day, we're going to be playing Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Oh, God. We're going to put a little twist on it. Uh, but we're going to play between Mike and the rest of the freaks. So I don't I, – I true, Mike, I know that you are pretty good with your Star Trek and Star Wars 
We'll see. Knowledge. Okay. As long, well, as it's well. not the, not, as long as it's not the Phantom Menace, those new three crap. Well, I yeah, I can't, okay. pro- can't promise anything. <laughs> it's Trivial Pursuit, you get what the card, cards you're dealt with. Right? <laughs> right. And I don't know how good our, our freaks are either, but we're going to pit you against the freaks. So here's what we're going to do. Wow. So there's six colors in Trivial Pursuit, blue, pink, yellow, brown, green, and orange. And the goal is uh, we gotta we gotta every we gotta get a color basically, and whoever finishes with the most colors uh, is gonna be determine the winner. So it's either Mike or the freaks, and whoever <laughs> gets the question right gets first choice at the next question. If you choose not to, you get the question. If you choose not to answer it, because if you answer wrong, the other side gets the color. All right. But you can pass. So if you get a question, you don't like it, you can pass it to the other side. But if they get it right, they now get the color, and then they get next, next pick. Okay. So, so you, you'll learn as we go along. So, but we'll start with our guests, so we at least give you the, the, the honor uh, to start. So pick a color, blue, pink, yellow, brown, green, or orange. Blue. Blue. Here we go. So I'll give you the question. You can take it or pass it. What creature does Luke Skywalker bash on the finger with a big rock? Rancor. All right. He's got the first one. <laughs> oh, boy. Who goes to Mike? Nice. All right, Mike. Uh, you, you, keep, you keep the uh, whatever keep you call it. You keep going. So pink, yellow, brown, green, or orange? Green. Green. What planet is Anakin on when he finally admits he's given up trying to argue with Padme? Answer it or pass it. Naboo? I probably shouldn't have guessed. That is incorrect. Uh, it is Geonosis. <laughs> so freaks, freaks get the green, and freaks get the pick. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go, uh, how about Maz? Maz, you can pick pink, yellow, brown, or orange. Orange. All right, so this is for all the freaks. You guys can, can connoiter and figure out what you want. There it is. Who's, who is the first person in the Phantom Menace to utter, may the force be with you. You can, you can answer it or pass it. Who's the first person in the Phantom Menace to utter, may the force be with you? I think we should pass. I think we yeah, should I don't know it. it. I, I think know. it's our only chance of getting points. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. All right. Uh, they're they're going to pass. Mike, the Phantom Menace question goes to you. If I get it wrong, they get a pie? That is correct. Oh, I pass then. No, you can't. You can't pass. I can't pass it back. No, you can't pass it back. Infinite game. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Yoda. That's wrong. Uh, And that is incorrect. It is Qui Gon Jinn. Of course. I hate the the new movies. Ah, the three. I would suck this. More Phantom Menace. More Phantom Menace. Here we go. We're gonna go. Kim, uh, pick pink, yellow, or brown. How about um, pink? Pink. What planet is Luke on? When his mechanical hand is damaged, answer or pass. What planet is Luke on when his mechanical hand is damaged? I don't know this answer. Can, can you repeat it one more either. time, Phil? What planet is Luke on when his mechanical hand is damaged? Ooh. Just a minute. Let me Google that. No. <laughs> no. You're going to pass? We're going to pass. I don't pass. hear anybody answering. All right, they're going to pass it. So, Mike, it's to you. What planet is Luke on when his mechanical hand is damaged? Tatooine. It is Tatooine. Very oh, good. Oh. So Mike gets the pink. It is two to two. 
My cast control. It's, it's two to two, but let's know that I'm the only one who's actually had two right <laughs> answers. answers. Details. <laughs> Details. We, we play it Stormfront Freak style here. All right, so Mike, yellow or brown? Yellow. Yellow. Who's accused of having delusions of grandeur in The Empire Strikes Back? Answer um, or pass? Hold on, I know who says it. Oh. Who's accused of having delusions Dina of grandeur? It. R2-D2. Very good. You got that right. Oh. All right. Three to two. You have control, and brown is the last color we need. This is for the win. Control. So, well, it's either for the win or potentially a tie. We'll do a tiebreaker if it's a tie. So, Mike, your question is Who shuts down the Death Star's trash compactor? Answer or pass? R2D2. Oh, oh, I knew. Nice job. Let me guess the next nice answer job, is R2-D2. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the luck of the draw, luck of the cards. All right, well, congratulations, Mike. Now everyone knows how nerdy I am. That was great. You win. You win the Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, you're already married, though, so it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's true. That is true. All right, so, hey, chasers like Mike, if you're looking to live stream, you need to check out severestreaming.com. All you need is an HD camera or a webcam, a laptop, and a data plan. And severestreaming.com is going to provide the rest to get your GPS location and live video online and available for sale. So for over 10 years, they've been a leader in the chaser industry. They were the first to offer pro streaming accounts. They now have over 1,000 storm chasers that have signed up with them to broadcast severe weather live in the field. So let these experts help you get started if you want to get started. That's severestreaming.com from Severe Studios and Tell Them Stormfront Freaks sent you. So we're going to go ahead and take a short break. Our podcast listeners are going to hear the latest edition of Titans U Minute with Chris Sanner. Uh, but don't leave. We'll be right back with Mike and the Freaks to discuss over-editing storm photos. Uh, photos. <laughs> I need another drink. Yeah, Yoda needs another drink. Uh, we'll discuss over-editing storm photos and what the proper etiquette is for crediting your photographs and videos on social media. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Satter. Storm mode is everything. Repeat that with me. Storm mode is everything. This year we've had a lot of setups across the U.S. which had some very high indice values. I'm talking bright pink SIG tours and supercell composites which were just flat out white. Big risk areas were issued, an outbreak of tornadoes was being buzzed about on social media, and nothing happened. The thing missed on these days by most everybody is that storm mode was going to be unfavorable for a big historic tornado day. As we enter into May and June, the period when those bright colors are pretty common on model maps, let's get this one out of the way as soon as possible. Bright colors on a map mean nothing if the storm modes aren't conducive for taking full advantage of those bright colors. That's a crude way to put it, but it's important to emphasize. Yes, tornadoes happen within squall lines, but they happen in a much bigger way within discrete supercells. In the same way, yes, large hell does happen in multi-cell clusters or squall lines, but softball size hell is going to happen with supercells which are discrete much more often. When looking for a target area, I always try to mix the most favorable storm mode with the best ingredients and most chaseable terrain. Some days, that will be outside of the highest risk area. Some days, it won't. But when it comes to big time severe weather, 
when the season hits prime time, you are looking for discrete supercells. Discrete supercells are more likely to occur with a moderate cap and shear vectors that are more perpendicular to the initiating boundary. Or, put in simpler terms, if the dry line is north and south and the mean shear vector is out of the west, prepare. Discrete supercells are where the biggest and baddest severe weather occurs from. They're what makes primetime on the plains, primetime on the plains. For more severe weather tips, including how to be prepared or learning resources for storm spotters, check out TitanU at TornadoTitans.com. Also, follow us on social media. Simply search Tornado Titans. We'll see you next time. All right, welcome back. Let, let me go ahead and set up the discussion we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Uh, and with Mike being here, we really wanted to get into storm photography. And, and one of the things I wanted to, to first talk about is editing storm photography, because it seems like this time every year, uh, and it goes out throughout all, really throughout the whole year, winter and hurricanes and everything else. But uh, you see people that will post photos and have photos where they took a picture and they posted it. And, and they're proud that this is exactly what the camera took. And, and there are people that, that also take images that they took and they over edit the crap out of it and they saturate it. And there's just different colors that you really didn't see. And it's, it's now a photo that really doesn't look anything like what they took because it's been so edited uh, post-production wise. So is there, I guess what I want to get you guys talking a little bit about is, is what's proper. Is there something that's really proper because some people will look at one with a scowl, with a scowl and others will look at the other one uh, with their arms crossed. And is there a proper way to do this? Mike, I'll throw it to you first. What do you think? Um, well, I he hesitate to say anything in photography is proper because everyone has their own style. So it's kind of hard to uh, tell people, no, you can't do that. But there's definitely points that you can lines that you can cross, but I don't, but I still think that's still like subjective, but yeah, if I see some pretty crazy HDR over-processed really halos everywhere kind of photos, I'm just like, I can't even look at those. I usually just move on, but I think it's the people that don't want to edit them and they just say, no, this is the way it was. My camera took this picture and that's the way it looks. And for some reason, that's almost what I disagree with more half the time because um, it doesn't look, especially if you're shooting raw, it doesn't look like that. It looked way different than what your camera got. So they're both ends of the spectrum are tough. I usually just skip past those and not say anything about it because I try to focus on my own stuff, but it's, I don't know. Is, is, um, is storm porn, is that a good connotation or a bad connotation if you're a photographer? Um, usually sure. that means, that's usually that, that topic is or when you say that, it's just like you love the storm, not necessarily what the photo has been changed into based off of crazy <laughs> editing, but yeah. I thought we were back to the haboob for a minute. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> haboob too. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Dita, what about you? What, uh, we'll kind of maybe go down the line a little bit and, and Kim, I'll go with you next, but okay. what do you like? I mean, what, what's your, do you like to see storms that are just, here was the photo and that's it, Dina? Or do you like to see when they've maybe, there's a little bit more artistic contribution to it? Are you talking to me, Phil? I was, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. You guys are cutting in and out through my phone. Um, like it kind of depends on what you're looking at because sometimes you want something more artistic 
But if you're looking at something scientific, like for me, I want to see what it actually looks like. I, I don't want to see it enhanced. I want to actually see it. But then you get into like, well, do I want a pretty picture on my wall is something different. But I would hate to, to put out a picture, say, at work and say, hey, this is the storm and it's been altered somehow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You mean altered, altered meaning they've added stuff to it yes. besides just maybe yes. color and stuff like yeah, that's yeah, no, that's not good. Yeah, that's I've that's kind of a different story, I think. Yeah, I've seen a lot of pictures where we get them. People send them in, and they're fakes. Have oh, you guys yeah. seen that one of the yeah. rainbow that's like fifty different places? Yeah. and everybody oh. tweets it. Everybody tweets it. It's not real. <laughs> I'm just about, telling you, it's not real. How about you, Kim? What are your thoughts on that? What? How do you feel? Well, it's funny. I, until Mike said that, I guess I didn't really think about how it really isn't. You take a picture of something, and it really doesn't capture what you saw. There's so many times I thought about that where I take a picture of a sunset and I'm like, it doesn't do it justice. It's not really what I saw. So I get that now that maybe some editing might be appropriate, but then to try to use your memory to actually edit it to where it actually looked like you saw it. I mean, that might be difficult for me because my memory is not, <laughs> but I could, I under, I get that now, but you know, maybe a question to guys um, is, should you have to say it was edited? You know, when you mm -hmm. publish a picture, should you have to say this was not, this was doctored? I mean, I don't know. What do yeah, you know? I, I, I do that. I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I had a super cell picture and I had it put inside my living room. And I wasn't sure if I actually had to add this has been altered <laughs> or not. So that's exactly. See, I don't know. Maybe no. you should. I don't know. I usually err on the side of wanting people to know if I do stuff like that. So if I do like a lightning stack photo, I I always let people know. I mean, obviously, you should. People should know that that many bolts didn't just happen at once. But um, but I but I had a time lapse of a tornado last year. And in the time lapse, you can see the power lines in front of the tornado because I couldn't get away from them. There was just power lines going there. And I posted a new photo that I had shot that day. And I said, um, this is from my time lapse clip, but I took out the power lines because I really didn't want them in this photo. And when I posted on Facebook, I'm like, I'm upfront about it. Like this, I don't want people to like go, hey, you know, in your time lapse, the power lines are there. In this photo, they're not. Why'd you lie to everybody or why are you faking it? And I'm like, Usually power lines, people get people don't care if you get rid of them. They hate everyone. Everyone yeah. much universally yeah. power lines. What, did what anybody they, say what, anything? What What no. they say when you deleted your kids from the tripod? <laughs> Child Protective Services line two. So I, I've seen, you know, and I've the thing that I always think about is is there's a photographer on Twitter I see a lot retweeted where she's always taking sunset photos of New York City and Manhattan. Jennifer Cordy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and um, they're beautiful, but, you, but they're also incredibly saturated and, and yeah. changed and altered. And, Lots and of purples. So mm -hmm. you just, yeah, I just, you never know. Is that, you know, and, and I think, Mike, you've talked about in the past the difference between the artistic photo and the documentarian kind of style photo and, well, I actually follow her. Honestly, I actually have one of her photos sitting back there in the corner. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I actually don't think that her work, I've never looked at her work and thought, unless you're thinking of someone else. I, Jennifer, you know, I, that I'm now, I think I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, because at least the, what Jennifer that I know it not but I think, 
Um, I think that uh, for me, at least, I want my photos to look a little bit more um, dramatic than maybe they were. Like I see in person, a lot of times when you see storms in person, they are dramatic and your camera cannot capture the fact that you can see the horizon light and this dark storm at the same time. Your cameras usually don't have enough dynamic range to see everything without multiple exposures and all that kind of stuff. So, but I still like it to be real dramatic. I just try to keep it, you know, I stay away from saturation slider. I stay away from like the vibrant slider and I do a lot of level adjustments and luminosity masks that actually bring out the colors and stuff and deep richness and contrast without actually having to manipulate the colors. And I think that's the problem is you, people use that saturation slider and don't realize that's just global saturation. You're much better off like doing vibrance, which is more selective. And uh, so I try to keep it tasteful. I try to keep them looking realistic, but I still try to make them look a little bit, I don't know, a little more artsy than, a typical one if I can, but I still try to like maintain like a balance where I don't go too far. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That's good. What, what do you guys think about the media as far as uh, we hate them posting? As far as posting uh, photos, uh, uh, do you think how, how far should they go with posting edited photos or just raw photos as far as yeah the media goes, as opposed to, the more artistic style trying to maybe sell those should the media limit themselves to a certain style or be open to all of it from, from people like us or just their own photos. I guess I'm not sure. No, uh, from, yeah, from other people. So if I'm the weather channel or if I'm channel 23, uh, you know, local ABC channel or something like that. And we want to post Hey, we want to show viewers hey, look at this storm photo. Yep. How, what should they be showing? Should they limit themselves to being more realistic or should they allow themselves to mm. show some of the more uh, art, artistic photos? That's tough because you, they don't necessarily know. I mean, a lot of times, you know, news outlets and stuff post photos that are fake. Like you, um, you were just talking about oh. fake photos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just happens, people. I mean, we, I had um, some a media account in Las Vegas tweet out a picture of my dust storm, my Haboob from 2011 saying this hit Vegas earlier today. And I'm, everyone's like, oh, um, oh, no, it didn't. Yeah. that was Phoenix like six years ago. So there's mm-hmm. just like those things that happen. But um, I think as far as determining if it's like too over process and stuff like that, I don't think they know. I think the media and those social media, those accounts should worry more about making sure it's actually a legit photo from the, from the place and time that the person sharing it got it from and make sure they're the actual owners of the photo, because that's what happens a lot is those kind of weather. Anytime a tornado happens, people, for whatever reason, I don't understand people that do this, but they're like, Oh, cool. And they go grab an old photo from 10 years ago and say, this just hit San Diego today because they knew a San Diego had severe weather and they just do that to cause problems. And then the media sees it. And so I think they need to be better about making sure that this is actually a legit photo and, where it came from. So. so are you saying just report the facts and <laughs> no more fake news. <laughs> fake news. Well, what, uh, let's news. talk a little bit about, okay, because I, Mike being a big photographer, what I've seen all kinds of ways that people, especially on social media are posting mm. photos or video that aren't theirs 
and crediting or sometimes even not crediting the individual. What, what do you feel is the proper etiquette for if you're using or posting someone else's video, what to do? Well, the proper etiquette is to share it from either their Facebook page or from YouTube or Vimeo, wherever they posted it. That's the proper etiquette to make sure that the, the artist still gets the traffic or the hits or whatever. You know, if YouTube has rev, you know, ad revenue, make sure that you share their YouTube link and they still get the credit. But the problem is, is people don't want to do that because that doesn't get them the interaction that you get if you upload your own video to Facebook. And so they want to take your video and download it and upload it. And if they credit you, that's fine. But if they haven't actually asked you if they can do it, then they are just taking advantage of you. And, and somehow they got your video without you giving it to them. So they must have illegally downloaded it off of YouTube, which you can do. And they just uploaded it and credited you. And that's a no-no. So for me, I don't, I don't let that happen. People, I've had a huge like Facebook accounts that have like 12 million likes and they're like, we want to upload your video to our page and share it and we'll credit you. And I'm like, no, I'd much rather that you like, you know, pay me for it. If yes. you pay me 500 bucks, then go yeah. for it. Or if you're not going to pay me, then that credit doesn't, doesn't do me any good. All I, all you're getting is cool video so that you get more interaction on your page and I get nothing really. Money talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Dina, Dina's going, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Hey, except for me. <laughs> no, but I, I go through this every day too. You know, we go through this every day trying to hunt down the original person who took it because it could have been retweeted 50 times Yeah, and you're, you're trying to hunt down the original person. Right. No, it's tough too, especially in our, in the, in the environment that we're in where it's like the faster that you can get out the news, you know, it seems like that's, you have to be fast. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to always be accurate. I think and. I wish, you know, I wish there was an easier way to like kind of look back and find out who did that kind of stuff. So, all right. Well, tell us what you guys think. Uh, our listeners and viewers, you guys can always comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com and we'll share some of those on our next show. Uh, weatherproshop.com. So, you guys know we, we've talked about their great caps and their laminator uh, spotter reference cards, but they also are one of the only retailers to offer a full line of women's apparel along with their men's line of sky-worn logoed performance polos and t-shirts. And they really got some guys, you got to check out weatherproshop.com. They really got some great um, uh, shirts, but they'll also be releasing a line of dual polarization training cards as well uh, to their laminator reference card line. And know this, and we just announced this last show, but um, I wasn't aware of this new customers. If you set up an account and order something, you're going to automatically receive a 5% off discount on your order. But if you're new and you're a Stormfront Freaks listener, you're going to get an additional 5% off at checkout when you enter the code STORM, S-T-O-R-M. Enter that code. You'll get an additional 5% off your order, and that's at weatherproshop.com. So we're going to take our final break so listeners can hear Brady's Storm School. The rest of you watching, go ahead and refill your drinks. And when we come back, it's time for our Weather Fools and WX Resources. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them. Some topics we'll cover will things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys. Welcome to Storm School. I'm Brady, 
And on this week's episode of Storm School, I'm going to be talking about the severe weather warnings, um, exactly you know, how many of them are there, what's the difference between a watch and a warning, um, and I'm also going to talk about maybe some criteria within those warnings as well. So let's first start out. So the difference between a watch and a warning, some, some of you may already know this, um, but you'd be surprised how many people don't. Um, you know, there's, there's actually a fair amount of people in the pub, in the general public that don't know the difference between a watch and a warning. So watch, basically, um, there's a severe thunderstorm watch, there's a tornado watch, um, there's even a high wind watch, um, that's a little bit less severe weather, more just a strong, you know, low pressure system that's going to come through and give you high winds. That basically means that conditions are possible, um, for that criteria. So basically a severe thunderstorm watch means that conditions are right for a severe thunderstorms for severe thunderstorms to be present um, in that um, area of the watch, and then a tornado watch is the same thing except for tornadoes. It basically says that strong, very very strong thunderstorms are um, most likely happening, and that tornadoes are possible from those strong thunderstorms. Um, it doesn't actually say. Um, if there are any tornadoes within that watch. Now, within those um, watches as well, there are PDS watches, which are particularly dangerous situation watches, which can be applied to either a severe thunderstorm watch or a tornado watch. And when that tag, when that PDS tag is applied to, um, say, a tornado watch, it means that conditions are very, very right for strong tornadoes um, and that a strong tornado um, is likely to occur or is already um possibly occurring within that watch. Those are very rare. Um, the National Weather Service only issues that when they are very certain that um, a strong tornado or strong tornadoes are going to occur within the next hour or two within that watch. Now, it's not a guarantee. Once again, um, you know, we're human, so mistakes can be made. And sometimes the the you know setup doesn't pan out like they think. Like there have been sometimes where a PDS watch actually, where there's no tornadoes or there's very weak, a very very weak tornado. Um, but most of the time, when you have a PDS watch attached, it's a very very serious situation and something that needs to be taken seriously. All right, um, now let's go into the warnings. Um, so there's a severe thunderstorm warning, tornado warning, um, high wind warning. Um, all of those basically say that conditions are likely occurring. Um, you know, once the warning is issued that um, either, you know, say for a severe thunderstorm warning, we pretty much know that winds are, you know, probably greater than 58 miles an hour with that storm because of Doppler radar and the um, way the winds that can de detect them or hail is at least one inch in diameter or larger. Um, that's when a severe thunderstorm warning is issued. Now, tornado warning, um, you can have two different kinds of tornado warnings. You can have a radar detected or a spotter-detected tornado warning. Radar-detected basically says we've detected it on radar, um, and we haven't necessarily seen that tornado on the ground yet. But from what we're seeing on radar, it's likely that there is a tornado with that storm. And then there's also spotter-issued warnings, which basic or they don't the spotters don't actually issue them, but they'll call in and say, "Hey, I you know I see a tornado on the ground." They'll show some pictures, and then the National Weather Service will collaborate that with the radar. And then they'll go and issue a tornado warning. Um, <clears throat> so that's when a tornado warning is issued. Now, once again, there's PDS. Um, um, that tag is also applied to the warning. So it can be applied to a tornado warning. That means a very strong tornado is likely on the ground. It's doing very, you know, it, actually it's called a tornado um, emergency, not a PDS. Sorry about that. 
when they issue a tornado, uh, that's just the PDS version of um, tornado for, for warnings, basically. So they call it a tornado emergency. That's basically the most severe tornado warning that you can issue. And that says that there's a very strong tornado on the ground. It's very likely doing significant damage um, in possibly a populated area. And if you see that, um, you know, you're going to want to get in your basement immediately. Or even in some situations, if you don't have a basement, you want to find out that find out where that tornado is and, and um, you know, hunker down. Because there's just really not much you can do in that situation. Um, they can also do that... Um, for other situations as well. And then once again, this severe thunderstorm warning is what it is. And like I said, 58 miles or greater wind with an inch hail or greater wind or greater hail. Um, and then uh, high wind warning basically has winds um, sustained at greater than, I believe it's 60 miles an hour, but you're gonna have to check me on that. But guys, yeah, that's uh, the difference between a watch and a warning. That's the difference between severe thunderstorm watches, severe thunderstorm warnings, tornado warnings, tornado watches, PDSs, all in one convenient bundle here at Storm School. Thanks for watching. Now let's get back to the good old podcast. And welcome back to Stormfront Freaks Podcast. We are actually going to go to our weatherful segment right now where we search for people doing maybe silly things that they shouldn't be doing in the weather, um, looking at videos or pictures, and, and, and call you out on it if we can. So let's start with Phil, and I think, Phil, you have one for us tonight. Uh, I do. I do have a weather fool. Now, this this a little different for what I'm used to doing. Uh, I am not going to necessarily call this person out, uh, which normally I do. And, and the only reason I'm doing this is because they've been called out uh, a ton <laughs> already, I think, at this point. <laughs> but I, I think uh, a lot of people know that just recently uh, a big, I think it was an F4 tornado hit Canton, Texas, and uh, killed some people, injured a lot. And it was, it was kind of, it was definitely a deadly tornado. Uh, but that night, there was an individual that posted a tweet that was on a tour, was on a chasing tour. And their post said, hey, fun day with you know, the tour company, and I won't share the tour company name either, but they said, fun day with the tours, large violent tornado that hit Canton, Texas, front row seats, exclamation point. Mm. Now, um, obviously, this this tweet was a little uh, too, person was a little too excited about something yeah. that was very deadly. And, and to their credit, I, I, I really don't think they, I don't think they're a chaser. They were obviously with a tour. So they're probably not normally used to doing that. More than likely, it was probably the first tornado they've ever seen right. and wasn't aware at the time. And this is what they said, wasn't aware that anybody had died in the tornado. Um, yet they knew that it hit because the tweet said that hit Canton, Texas. They knew it hit the town. And so so people started calling this person out. And, and, I, and I certainly think they deserved at least a hand slap to go, you know, this maybe isn't appropriate. Why don't you pull that tweet down or repost something different? Uh, but I'll tell you, good old Twitter, uh, leave it to Twitter to, to gang up and party hard on people. They, they ganged up on this guy pretty darn good, which I thought got a little bit out of hand yeah. for someone who I think was just kind of new, didn't know, needed to be corrected a little bit, but I think that's all they needed. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's my weather fool. I'm not, but, but I'm not using his name or the tour name because I think he's caught, he's got enough crap already. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my weather Aww. fool. Yeah. Okay. I think he learned his lesson. 
I think I so think too. Did, Boy, social media can be so mean. That Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you, Phil. Now, what about you, Dina? What do you have for us? I do. This one's a compilation um, of kind of bloopers. A lot of them are on-air personalities. And sometimes they get caught just kind of standing there waiting, which, uh, you know, is one of those things where you think you're um, ready to go and you're waiting for a countdown, but you're actually on air. A lot of it's a slip of the tongue where um, I don't even want to repeat. Are you guys seeing any of this yet? Not yet. No. I could try it, though. Yeah, um, I, I got it pulled up, so here we go. Okay. There you go. Okay. It's there. There it is. But, like, this one, it, it's a different language, but it doesn't even matter because she just goes, <laughs> she drops the F-bomb. <gasps> a lot of them, and it, no. I don't know if it even meant the same thing in, like, when I was watching it. And you see people, like, I going by. That. Oh, no, look at that. Green screen problems. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's, it's funny. Oh, that's typical. I've done that. I've walked in front of a camera before, too. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look how far away she looks. Wow. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> it's cute. It it made me sit there and watch it. So it was kind of cute. Yeah. I love those bloopers. Yeah. They're awesome. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, we've had some great ones at the Weather Channel. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. That's awesome, Dina. <laughs> yeah. It's cute. You guys should watch it. It's it, like there's um a few bad words in it, but, you know, nothing nothing too bad. Is the guy who saw the spider on Chroma Key and screamed, is he in there? I didn't see him, no. That's, but that's, that's awesome. always a classic. Oh, my goodness. That is like, wow, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that one's got some legs. That one's been around the track a few times. Yeah. But I'm All right. All right. That was Weather Fools. Now we're going to hand it over to Maz for WX Resources. Well, thanks. Thanks, sir. Sure. So welcome. WX, for those of you who don't know, stands for weather. Yeah. The weather resources. You're brilliant. I know, right? Well, you know, sometimes people need a little help and go, what does that Wix on the license plate mean? <laughs> okay, so uh, so we're going to kick things off here with some weather resources. Cool gadgets, places to go to check out new spangled features of whatever that's weather-related. We're going to start with Dana. Why okay. Not? Let's do it again. All right, mine is uh, IntelliCast.com, www.IntelliCast.com. Um, there's a lot of things on there. You get satellite, you get radar, you can actually watch a lot of uh, videos. Uh, what I like about it is you can look at surface maps, you can look at forecast radar. It's all free, which, you know, we love free. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the stuff I like on there, too, is if you zoom down in the radar, um, that's one place I go if it shows like this little pink box on the radar site, the site is down, which is a good one because a yeah. lot of times you're like, why does like radar look like it's got a hole in it? Yeah. And it's because the site's down. And sometimes that's just for me, the easiest way to go check, but you can get forecast maps, radar, satellite, you can get everything. It's a great website. What's the address again? www.intellicast.com with awesome. an I. Thanks, Dina. All right. Hey, Mike, our guest, you got something cool. I have a little lightning trigger. It's actually not so little, but it's li- it's the lightning trigger for which you go to lightningtrigger.com. The guy who makes this, actually one of the first ones who made it, and lightning trigger is actually a registered trademark, so literally no one else can use that, that term, lightning trigger. But this is the most expensive one out there, and um, it's the best. I use it all the time. I get so many daytime dusk lightning photos where you're shooting at, like, 
one sixtieth of a second. You have no hope of getting a lightning shot unless you destroyed your shutter by taking a thousand photos. And this will allow you to get it in a lot simpler way. So if you're really, you know, want to get started lightning photography, we talked about that earlier. Um, it's a useful tool, but what, what does it do exactly? Do you hook it to your camera? Yep. It's uh this is a lightning sensor in the front. It detects the flash of lightning. And then this just connects to your um, shutter release on your camera and it tells it to take a picture. This is probably the easiest part of it. You have to get your settings on your camera, right? You know, slow shutter speed, good ISO, whatever to pick up your, to get a good exposure. But this just senses the lighting and takes a picture. So you don't actually have to sit there and click your shutter over and over and over and over. So it's oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. What's the name one. of it again? Um, it's the lightning trigger for like IV and you mm-hmm. go to lightning trigger.com. And I heard if you say it one more time, you get a free one. <laughs> and I've, I've sold a bunch of these for this guy. Everyone I know has gotten them because of me, and I haven't gotten anything for free. So, oh, that's okay. I like to recommend the good stuff, so I don't care at all. Hey, but. Mike, hold on. Is that an Emmy I see behind you? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, let's wrap things up with Phil. Yeah, and, and I, I should probably clarify, Mike, that's lightning trigger, not lighting trigger, correct? And he just left, but... Uh, oh, there <laughs> he is. He's, he's, he's bringing it over. Going he's going yeah. Pump Let's that see chest that, Emmy. There, there we go. go. Uh, nice. Right. Okay, so my, uh, my WX resource <laughs> I'm going to share with you guys is a website. It's uh, www.theweatherprediction.com. Dot com and I just actually ran across this uh, last website. week. Yeah, hold on. Isn't uh, Google track what you watch or something? Is that what you were looking at earlier? Yeah, it must be. They, they always don't, don't they always trigger that stuff to like what you were looking yes. at before? What the heck is that? Uh, anyway, so line four. <laughs> oh, so the weatherprediction.com. So it, it's it's not probably the most newest fangled looking website but (laughs) if you want great weather education like if you're wanting to learn about uh weather and learn about all different types of weather and stuff like that you know like mike uh is kind of self-taught when it comes to weather as well there is a lot of outstanding uh, resources educational resources on here and uh, that you can follow and go through to help you learn how to view things and read radar and you know, if you're wanting to be a better storm spotter or storm chaser, uh, there are things on there as well for you to, you know, figure out how to read all that stuff. So anyway, just a great educational resource. That's the weatherprediction.com. Yeah, What's I do like his again? stuff, Phil. I like his stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's that website again? Uh, the weather prediction. No, 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 the other one that you took off the screen. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did, yeah. Now it's some boot, and I wasn't looking at any boot websites. Yeah, Jill either, put so that I, up there. I have, <laughs> I have no idea what that is. I'm going to just turn it That's off. That's a different dark world. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. At least it said thir- 30 and older, and it All wasn't right, like well. 18 and older. <laughs> From Russia. From Russia. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that'll be a bleep. Uh, so that does it yeah, this for our, make the uh, that's our, our Weather Fools and WX resources. We will post all of those referred to sites except that girl site. We will post all the other ones. <laughs> that's we, we won't put the boot, the boot site won't go on there either. But we'll post all those on our show notes for episode 26. Just go to stormfrontfreaks.com 
look up episode 26 show notes and uh, those will all be on there if you want to check them out yourself uh mj any listener questions responses good stuff hey we got a few kate mccomb uh was, did a shout out to us may the fourth be with you thanks people, so thanks kate or cat sorry cat mccomb um kia says uh, or actually kia gave us some uh, ideas about future guests i know phil took a look at that list that uh, she had sent us um peter forrester uh gave us a shout out he was the winner of the anemometer in our last contest and he's looking forward to using that during his storm Mm -hmm. chasing yeah that's cool cool fabulous rob uh uh, let's see oh he thinks kevin uh our our last guest needs to be our new panel member so uh and and he loves our guests um like mike and everybody else we have on Mm -hmm. so as we told kim man these these seats are moving all the time (laughs) (laughs) you're all overpaid not by want usually, not because we want them to be, but they just kind of tend to lose them left and right. And then, of course, we we need to announce that the winner of our weatherproshop.com storm Ooh. chaser cap, yes, laminated Drum spotter roll. reference cards. Uh, we don't have any sound effects anymore, so you're going to have to help me out here. Yeah, Google Hangouts got rid of all that stuff, but this yeah, is our hat and all right, cards and the winner uh, of of. Of our weatherproshop.com giveaway is Isaac Schlushi. All right, Isaac. Awesome. God bless you. Yeah, I think I know that guy. That's right. We got some good names. That cat McComb, that's a cool name. Yeah. Yeah. Cool names. Good. Only, only people with cool names listen. Yeah, or... you have to that's be cool right. to watch right. us. This is the cool channel. All right. Um, and MJ, did you want to announce our, our new contest or wanted me to do that? Uh, you'll have to do that because you didn't send okay. me the script. I did. I did. Send you the script. I did. Yeah. Burn. I did. I sent it to you. But anyway, uh, so <laughs> all brotherly love. So uh, the the next drawing, we, we're just doing drawings left and right right now, and I love it. So this is for a hard copy, co- uh, hardcover copy of Mike's book, The Storm Chaser. Uh, with all his photos, all this, this is unbelievable. And I yeah. will say this, the the book is beautiful. It's far better than the Kindle or PDF yeah. version, the digital yeah. versions. And and Mike warned me about that, but but I will agree. If you're going to get the book, get the hardcover. This sucker is beautiful. They're, I think they're, it's actually in stock on Amazon right now for like decent price. So All right. All right. Uh, check it out. Storm Chaser by Michael Binsky. So uh, we'll post that on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, look for the pinned tweet or the pinned post and just retweet it or share it. Uh, and make sure you also follow us or like us to be eligible to win. And that contest will end uh, May 17th. And we'll announce the winner on our next show as well. So uh, appreciate you helping us out with that, Mike. That'll be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Great yeah. book. All, All right, right. So that Mike, Mike Wolf. Oh. Do you sleep with that under your pillow? That, that, I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, we don't judge. We don't judge. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, that, that about does it, I think, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. So thanks for listening and watching. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. And remember to subscribe on your podcast app of choice so you always get the latest content. Special thanks to the, our awesome guest, Michael Binsky. Uh, Mike, yeah. thanks for coming on. You're welcome. I'm going to subscribe Mike. to your. I'm going to subscribe to this right now before I forget. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> and our next episode is in two weeks. So again, we're a biweekly show. So the next episode in two weeks is on May 18th, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central. 
we will be celebrating our one year anniversary with uh, yeah with weather nice. channel app on-air meteorologist ari sarsalari is going right, to be our right. guest as well as his wife weather channel social media specialist uh jen watson and jen. i should say former Stormfront freaks co-host that's right yeah, they another, come and go <laughs> another former uh and we also have some surprises planned that i'm not Ooh. even sharing with our 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 freaks Oh. So they're, they're going to be surprised as well. So go to stormfrontfreaks.com if you'd like to watch it live. But for MJ and Maz and Dina and Kim and Mike, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will definitely catch you next time. Dust be done. Good night. Dust be done, everybody. May the fourth be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Long and prosperous. That's a wrong movie. That's right. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.